When you picture the independent agent of the future, what do you envision? Is it a daily grind drowning in service requests and non-revenue generating activities? Or do you dream of a day when you're free to do all the things that you love about insurance, building and implementing effective marketing strategies and onboarding new clients while taking your agency to revenue heights you never thought possible? Well, my friends, the future is now. With the premier independent agent self-servicing platform, Glovepox, you can finally get back to what got you into insurance in the first place, the freedom. Let Glovebox, let the Glovebox platform deliver an amazing customer experience to your policyholders with direct-to-carrier connections. This is not connecting to your management system or anything like that, guys. This is direct connection with the carriers. With Glovebox, you can finally take back what you love about being an insurance agent and watch your revenue skyrocket. Schedule your demo with Glovebox today. Make sure you mention the Insurance Guys podcast for 20% off of your monthly subscription for life. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's podcast, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'll tell you something, Scott. Yes, sir. Doing podcasts through Zoom Mm. with you being remote, with us not being together, gets old really, really, really fast. Yes, sir. This does not get old really, really fast. (laughs) Well, I could do this for like a week straight. I, I, well, you and I have a lot of t- to talk about when we get together. Yeah. And I think we've missed each other so much just being in person for the last, what we just figured out was like literally almost a year and a half. Mm-hmm. What was it we came up with o- on the last podcast? October 2019 was the last time we recorded together. Now we saw each other right. February 2020. But, but it's funny, you know, you got here. And we went outside, we hugged, you gave me some t-shirts, and then we walked right in here and started recording. So yeah. we hadn't even really called up yet. No, we haven't. You know? No, we haven't. And I'm looking forward to going to the new office today, too. That's it's going to be, be fun, cool. yeah. So, guys, listen to me. Bradley and I are back in studio. As I said at the end of the last podcast, I am ready to run through this wall like the Kool-Aid man today. I get oh, yeah. so much energy from just being in person and being live. And I'll tell you, this new Vizio screen where I can see our a ruggedly handsome guest here today. And all the guests are now, you know, we can. That is the first time you've seen that too. Yeah, yeah. that that's a new dynamic because it feels a lot like I'm sitting in the room with them. Does because you know he's sitting there on that big Vizio and it's it's just different, but it's nice too. I'll be doing holograms the next time you you come here. Princess Leia and that whole thing. Hey guys, we have got a great podcast for you today. As I said about three episodes ago. I woke up after eating a bad piece of pizza while I had COVID one night, and I just decided that we were just going to go ahead this year and throttle down on this podcast and give you guys the type of content that I feel like each one of you needs every single week. So let me tell you, one of the special guests that I'm really looking forward to having on, and I believe it's on May the 6th, we are going to have a labor attorney on my labor attorney who I have to talk to about once every two days. Every time you get sued. Every time I get sued by when I hire an agent. Kimberly Geisler is going to be on this podcast, and we're going to talk about non-competes. We're going to talk about employment agreements. That's one of the topics that I hear the most that people want to talk about. Or There's a lot of misinformation mm-hmm. out there about non-compete agreements and what you can do and what you can't do, and I, I'm really looking forward I, to that. And I don't know if there's a – an industry outside of the legal industry where you could probably get sued so fast. Uh, then, I then, mean, yeah. I mean, I haven't Insurance. talked about this. I opened my agency and eight months later had a <laughs> letter, a, a certified letter from an attorney. And yeah. I haven't talked about that because I don't want, I didn't want the podcast listeners until we got through it right. to think that we did something wrong because we didn't. Um, and we ultimately ended up coming out of that as the winner basically, but, but it happens. Yeah. You can do everything right and above mm-hmm. board, and still get mm-hmm. somebody try to somebody try to push you around is what happens. Well, on my one hour meeting with her last week, she said, "You know, the thing about non compete agreements is when you hire an employee that is extremely good at what they do, 
the chances of you being sued or them being sued by their previous employer, whether it's a frivolous lawsuit or not, goes up by about 200 percent yeah it's like the better person you're hiring Mm -hmm. that former employers realizes hey i'm i'm losing the the goose that lays the golden egg here i can't let this happen well and especially when you you know you get in an industry that's as competitive and as lucrative as the insurance industry right you really get into some you know tempers flare and stuff like that right guys we do have a very special guest today and i'm looking forward to meeting him and talking to him and, and learning more about what he does Our mission on this podcast never changes. We don't have courses. We don't have a bunch of other stuff. We're here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to move the ball for you guys one step forward to greatness. I've always said, if you will just take one or two things that we say every week and go back to your agency and actually implement them and not just think about it and then forget about it, you will be a better agency by the end of this year. That will happen. So I hope that each one of you do that. So without further ado, allow me to give him the introduction that he has always deserved. He was born in San Antonio, Texas, and he currently resides in Arlington, Texas. He is married to the beautiful Evelyn, and they have one son named David. He is a 25-year veteran of the insurance industry serving in a variety of roles and is currently serving as the president and PIA National Director for the Texas PIA and co-chair of the PIA National PIA PAC. In 2014 and 15, he was awarded the prestigious David Almany Volunteer of the Year Award by the Texas PIA for his passion and dedication to community service. He is currently also the agency owner of Red Gorman Insurance in Dallas, Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you first-time guest on the Insurance Guys podcast, Mr. Red Gorman. How are you, Red? Great. Man, we are, we are so excited to have you on the show today, brother. We have got so much to talk to you about hey, today. Hey, for a nominal fee, Scott will come to Dallas and follow you around and, and say that every yeah. time you enter into a room. Restaurant. Over and over again. Yeah. Restaurant. I could, I could eat as I walk in the door. That would be cool. Yeah. A, ki- a kitchen breakfast table. I will hear come ye, into the, hear ye. <laughs> yep. I will come in at the kitchen and I will announce before you walk in. It will be fantastic. One of my favorite visions is you in a jester's hat <laughs> doing that in the 14th century mm-hmm. we should do a promo video you doing that like with glove box or something like <laughs> the honorable red gorman is about to arrive please stand as i read his introduction red we got a lot to talk about but before we do i need you to climb in my delorean today and this is two big old boys getting in the delorean i'm just gonna be honest with you this, we're gonna fight over the damn console or elbows Arm i can rest. tell you that Tell me a little bit about how you got started in the industry and just bring us up to today. I know you've been doing this a while. Well, I think, uh, I mean, initially, I, as most of us do, we needed a job. So I ended up starting with uh, John Hancock selling life insurance and annuities mm. and realized that I, in a short period of time, like a year, I realized I would rather figure out a way to get people to come see me than me go look for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, PNC seemed to be a little bit easier in that form. So uh, I ended up going to work for uh, an agent in the Dallas area who had multiple locations and didn't even realize that what it was. I didn't realize that it was non-standard auto. I come from a military family. I've had USAA insurance my entire life growing up and, you know, still currently. So I didn't know there was anything else. So uh, it took a while to realize where I was, but it just became very natural at that point. So one agency turned into that agency, like three years, another agency, like five years doing the same thing, basically selling, you know, auto insurance, auto insurance, auto insurance, minimum limits, you know, a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, inevitably that insurance getting bought out uh, by another company who I went to work for. And Along from there, they got bought out. So I ended up going for another outfit that was, you know, owned by them. But ultimately, I got fired. And that day, I realized when I had my little box of stuff, and the uh, I think it was a maintenance guy took me home because I had a company car. I realized I wanted to be the only one in charge of firing me from that day on. Mm. I kicked off the agency a couple three months later. I got my licenses. At that time, you had I had a 
solicitor's license, but if you wanted to be on an agency, you had to get a local recording agent's license. Mm -hmm. So I had to get that. And then I went back to the trough and started talking to my old boss from the job before, and he was running another agency. And I said, listen, uh, but he was uh, basically, it was, it was captured. It was non-standard, but it was captured with a company because the company had some money tied up in this agency. So the only thing they could write was one product. So I just went to him and said, listen, I'll tell you what, everything you can't write, I'll start working on appointments. I'll work out of my house. If you can't get it for some reason, have the girls or guys, whoever's working on the sales floor, just forward it to me. And if I can close it, we'll work a deal on the split. So that just kind of started my agency out of the house, inevitably. And back then, I was called Americo Direct Insurance, and that was for many years the name of the agency. What year did all this happen? The year that that you were fired, but then you started your own thing. What what when, what was the time frame of that? In like two thousand and two. Okay, I think so. Pretty good while ago. I mean, that's twenty. Yeah, it, I mean, it was. You know, you go home. You sit there, you stare at your kid, and uh, you try to realize, how am I going to feed him? Right. You know, So, and I got to make a you know, payment on the house and all the other stuff. So this podcast, we try, Bradley does a really good job of getting this broad array and spectrum of guests, and, and we love to have insurance agencies, own, owners on, that talk about the different types of insurance that they sell. Now, one area that we have never covered, and it's one of our goals for this year is to try to reach along that entire color spectrum to get all kinds of different agents that are successful on this podcast so that everybody can kind of get a flavor of what everybody else is doing out there in different types of insurance. You specialized, and I know that you're kind of, I don't want to say moving away from it, but kind of branching out from this, but you're known for non-standard auto. That's kind of your jam. Talk to our agents out there today about the red Gorman rules of being successful in non-standard auto, because there's this, I think there's a fallacy out there and Bradley and I just got through talking about this a minute ago. It's like, Hey, there's a jam out there for everybody. You just got to figure out what it is. And I know people who've been very successful in non-standard auto, very successful, but talk to our agents out there about kind of the red Gorman cardinal rules of being successful in non-standard auto i mean i guess with with anything persistence i mean it it, for for us i know you know initially it was just me and then inevitably i had to hire someone but and then going on from from there but non-standard auto you earn like a dollar at a time i mean it is it takes as in with any type of you know uh, agency it takes time to build commissions and build your customer base and all that. But in non-standard, it's very small. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of clients to get what you need. And you have to be aware also that you will, I, my belief is you will not survive in non-standard if you don't charge agency fees. Mm-hmm. So those are legal in Texas. Uh, they have to be disclosed. But other than that, it's legal in Texas to charge them. If you're a, in my mind, if you're a standard agent and you just can't get in that mindset of, hey, I, I would like to maybe open up a, a store, you know, that storefront, which by the way, non-standard, I, I know everything's kind of online, but if it, there's a lot of need in my mind for non-standard to run a storefront because people want to come see you. Like cash payments. Um, it is possible to do it without that, but that brick and mortar they want you there because their needs are different than the standard agency need. And I'm a standard customer. You know, I, I never call my, my agent, mm-hmm. which at my agent USA, but I rarely ever call it. So it's a claim, but on the non-standard side, our focus is not missing any calls, knowing that we're going to continually talk to the same people over and over and over again, and be compassionate to the fact that, your mindset of what insurance is may not be their mindset. Mm -hmm. So don't have a high expectation of them being who you want them to be. Focus on who they are and what their needs are. And so that's kind of what we do here is not worry about ourselves, worry about that, that person that's calling in or that's in front of you. 
so here in 2021, lots have changed over the years in insurance. Now, back in the day when I started in the insurance in 2008, non-standard auto typically meant cash payment. Somebody's walking in the agency every month and you're handing you a cash or certified check or something like that. Is that still the case today with non-standard? Do you still get a lot of walk-ins from it? For us, it is. Okay. Uh, We do a lot of walk-ins. I would say that the majority of our businesses walk in. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's repeat walk-in. And from the research that we've done over the years, 80 plus 85, 86% of our clients are within like 2.3 miles. Right. Right. They're very central focused. Obviously we get people outside of that, but the vast majority are within 2.3 miles. And I, I would assume in Dallas, Texas, you're in a high population density type area. You're, you're not, your agency's not out in the country somewhere where people got to drive 10 miles to get to it. You are right in the center of a, a hub of, a large population mm-hmm. is, would that be a correct assumption? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's accurate, but I'm also, I'm also, I can probably, I can think of about three agencies that I can probably walk out and see. Right. So a golf cart hit a, doing the same type of business I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I've heard Seth Zaremba talk about this was, I think last year, he said for 2020, their focus was, the seven miles around their agency. I don't right. know where he came up with seven miles, but mm-hmm. focus on that area around your agency because those are going to be the people that are most likely to do business with you in a walk-in situation. That being said, I have two questions for you, Red. Uh, I'll ask the first one and then let you answer and ask, ask the second one. How do you guys structure your fees? Do you guys have a system, a systematic way of structuring your fees or does it depend on the client and their history with your agency? How do you guys handle that? Because I think you know, the first thing you said was, is you have to charge a fee to make non-standard profitable. I have a friend here in Mobile that, that all he does is auto. He doesn't even do home insurance. And, and he basically is like, Hey, you know, we don't make our money from the commission from progressive. We make our money from the fees that we charge. It almost becomes a fee for service type situation. How do you guys structure that? So I, I would definitely say this, our fees are flexible. Years ago, we used to have a very structured fee if it's a if it's a payment, it's one fee. If it's an endorsement, if it's a policy, if it's a liability, is it physical damage? Is it one vehicle, two vehicles? Is it a reinstatement? Is it a cancel? You know, cancellation, restart? Is it you know? It's just it was uh, we had everything pretty much very specific. And then what we realized is that doesn't always meet everyone's need. It doesn't necessarily meet the agency's need, but more importantly, it doesn't necessarily meet the, the prospect or the client's need. And so we have to be flexible. We just have to disclose it. So they need to, they need to know what they're paying for, essentially. And I would definitely say when you mentioned someone you know that the fees are very important, they are, but we couldn't survive without the fees whatsoever. And the fees probably equate to multiplying our commissions by two easily. So, but the way we, the way we structure is disclose it. We monitor the fee. We do our biweekly or bi-monthly meetings and we run everyone's numbers. And our average is about $82, I believe is the average fee per customer. That is not payment. Gotcha. You know, a monthly installment, which by the way, we charge $2 for a monthly payment for cash and $7 if it's a credit card. Yeah. So if I don't do that, the banks are just, I mean, they're just pillaging us anyway, because yeah. the, the, the merchant side of it, it gets expensive. And so we just had to put a flat fee on that. So we end up winning in the end each month, but it's not, it's more to offset the cost than it is to make any money on right. payment fee. And, and for agents listening, you need to, you know, if you're in Idaho or wherever, you need to check with your DOI. Don't don't go off what the Insurance Guys podcast says because yeah. each state is different. I know Alabama on Auto Alabama. I think the most you can charge on a standard auto or an auto is like thirty seven bucks. I think mm-hmm. I think it adds up to that. You, so much for the and, and we don't charge those currently. So much for the MBR. So much for this. So much for that. If it's a reinstatement, you can charge. So I think that's like the cap. But, but, but I, th- I thought Alabama's fees was the fee part of the state of Alabama's insurance code 
was very ambiguous. That's, were they that's just, for surplus lines. Okay, this surplus would be for lines. like an admitted right. audit. Yeah, it's it's very clear on admitted audit. And we can all tell um, Scott does not charge agency fees yeah, right now. Yeah. So probably <laughs> so, need to start that tomorrow, and we'll have a team meeting. But t- go ahead. Tell me this now, Red. Do you guys? Let's say you have a customer that is you know repet- maybe a repetitive lapse that you've you've had to write a couple of times to you know, but you see maybe a little bit of potential of maybe you know, instilling some education and, and kind of bringing them up to becoming a good, profitable insurance consumer. Do you guys, what do you guys do around that as far as helping these people get in a better situation insurance-wise? So I, I can tell you this, one of the things that we do, it's almost organic to, in a way, um, if someone's been with us, most of what we write are county mutual carriers. Most of what we write are companies that are, we have about 23, 25 appointments for, for personal auto. And most of those are companies based out of Texas. Uh, some of them, you know, go out to other states and, and whatnot. But, but what we find is when someone is writing and we're just putting it with, a, you know, not a bad MGA, but it's just a bare bones product. It's liability insurance and they want, maybe they want the lowest rate or whatever it is. As that policy renews, which is magical, by the way, when they do, but they do, you know, we have a percentage that renew. We start that cultivating that relationship and having those discussions about uninsured motorists and about physical damage and their life changes. So those customers start to migrate into, for us, a more preferred market, which for us would be like progressive or we put them maybe with Kemper or we put them with Infinity or we put them with just another product that allows them to broaden out a little bit. And maybe we're going to start with doing, uh, you know, automatic deductions from their account, that, that kind of thing. But it usually happens fairly organically. There's, there's people that come in that are going to pay this month, not next month. They'll pay the next month. They won't pay. The, and even if I laid it out to them over the course of the year, this is how much additional you're paying by not paying. They have good intentions, but they pay the way they pay. What are some of your your rules for say? Let's say you have somebody that you don't write because I know, like at Portal, we have we have several indicators that we're looking for. You know, there's there's several things that, for example, if you're not good with your email, you're not going to have a great relationship with Portal. Yeah, we're doing e-signatures. We're sending your bills email. We're not. You know, we're not a come in the office every day kind of or every month kind of agency. And so there's certain indicators we're looking for when we are in the discovery process with a client that tells us if this is our target client or not. Are there some things that you guys look for like, hey, yeah, that's not our, whether it may be the person trying to get their tag or whatever. Are there things that you're not looking for or do you guys are that you're looking for or do you guys have sort of an attitude of, hey, come one, come all, hear ye, hear ye. Well, I'd, I'd hate to, you know, it, it looks as if we don't, you know, that we don't have a, a structure of any kind by saying that. But yeah, we, we're come on, come on. I mean, we, we haven't, I would say this, we have products for virtually anyone. If I don't actually have a direct appointment, we also have a product that we use through the PI National so I can get access to most all the preferred markets, obviously at a reduced commission, but I want to satisfy the need of, you know, anyone that comes in the door, but it's, I mean, our, our, our client that we normally see is 95% of that, that time. However, um, there really isn't anyone that we can't write other than we've had a couple instances because of the carriers, by the way, are pretty good at dissecting and helping us underwrite at point of sale what they don't want. And I know one time we had someone come in that uh, they'd murdered someone. And so that kind of slowed us down. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Kind of slowed us down. Right, yeah. Hey, hey Red, was I, somebody yeah, that I was like in prison for 20 years and got out? Or how did literally, that? Or had they just murdered someone? On the screen that they, um, that they had been charged with murder. So I didn't tell them that I knew that, but when it popped up on the screen, we were like, well, unfortunately, we don't have anyone that we can write that. Please don't kill me. Right now. <laughs> what does a guy, what does a guy do? What does a guy do though that gets charged with murder 
goes to jail, let's say he's in for 20 years, 14 years, whatever it is. Or was had he not served and, yet? Was it he had been charged and he was out on bail? Well, we I, I, would, I would definitely say that, that that occurred at that time. That was some years back. Uh, we've, we've since broadened our uh, ability to write people like that, too. So yeah, yeah. We've, we write felons as well as anyone else. So yeah, because there's, there's a lot of people who get out of jail and ha- need a car. Maybe they, their parents give them a car or they buy a junker or whatever. They got to have insurance, but they yeah. hadn't even had a driver's license for. We had you know, we had one when I was at Alpha that was out on bail for something not murder, but pretty close. And his, I think it was his attorney had advised him, said, "Look, you need to go, you need to go get insurance on your car, yeah, just from a perception standpoint, right. To look like a, I guess, look like a model citizen, yeah. Hey, hey, Red, I got a great question for you. Insurance agents will love this. So, of all the years you've written on standard. What is the highest monthly premium you've ever seen where somebody doesn't have insurance or they've got tickets, DUIs, and they go out and they buy like a, a Maserati or a, you know something like that and they want to get insurance on it? So the, the highest premium that I've ever – monthly payment that I've ever seen that we actually closed was about $1,600 a month. That was on multiple vehicle policy, but it was primarily, I think, liability. There might have been a physical damage on there, but did it, it renew? Really, but we see. I mean, it's it's very interesting to to see the type of not just clientele, but to see the information that comes in for folks that are coming to get insurance. I mean, they you know we have to keep a very straight face, but. The data that we that we receive sometimes is pretty wild when we're looking at our prospects and we're trying to take care of their needs and that type mm-hmm. of stuff. So, so I had a family member of mine that runs a business that involves his employees driving his vehicles, mm-hmm. and he will send me a new employee's driver's license, and that's his indication to you know right. get him insurance and. Or run their run driving record. I, I told this story yesterday, and I called him, and I said, do not. <laughs> I repeat, do not ever yeah. let him drive your truck. <laughs> right. I'm not even going to quote this because I just saw the worst driving record ever. of being in the business 10 years. Yeah. And we rode a lot of non-standard auto when I was at Alpha. Yeah. This is more recent. Do not let him drive your vehicle. <laughs> hey, Red. Tell me what you do yeah. as far as marketing goes to non-standard. What types of marketing? Is it direct mail? Or you guys just kind of been there so long now, everybody around there, the three, four miles around, just knows that you're the guys to go to? So we, we get every week we get people that come in and say, hey, I didn't know you were here. And we have been in the same location closing on 18 years. So that definitely happens all the time. People that grew up in the neighborhood, walked in and didn't realize we were here. So I would say over over the years, we've done very little direct marketing with with like, you know, mailers and flyers and that kind of stuff. You know, I think probably in most any market, unless you're telling them you're giving away money or something, the the um, it's less than one percent of the people are going to have any you're going to get any feedback on that. So you really got to that is a consistent, you got to stay on top of that and constantly do it to see right. when. So for us over the years and things that we do throughout the year, depending on season is we may have uh, waivers. So someone holding a sign, spinning a sign, flipping signs, that type of thing outside. And we've had over the years, we've had as many as four working, doing that at one time mm-hmm. in different areas on different corners. A lot of it is uh, callbacks. So canceled calls, and we have thousands and thousands and thousands of people that we can call. Now, the phone might, the phone number might have changed, but if there's someone that answers on the other end, hey, there's a prospect. So, right. um, so that's a lot of what we have to do is phone calls. They're not really cold calls. They're kind of warm calls. It's just folks that have been with us previously, putting up banners as close to the office as we can. Of course, then we have to fight with code compliance, but... You put it up, you take it down. Sometimes they take them. You just That's just kind of the cost of doing business. Sure. Can I volunteer uh, Christmas 2021? I'm going to volunteer, Scott, 
to dress up like Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation and spin the sign in front of your office. Yes. Can we? Can we? You think we can make that I happen? Love that. Yes. Dallas is not that far of a flight. Hey, I'll come. The one of my favorite my favorite holiday is Halloween, and my favorite thing is to dress up exactly down to the exact shoes that a character wears. I would do my dead level best to have the exact costume he had on when he was dumping his RV sump pump into the storm storm drain. Full. How do you, yeah. how do you structure? Feel free to not answer this question if you don't want to. How how do you guys how do you structure the commission for your salespeople in relation to the commission on the policy and the fee? How how do you guys do that? So no one, none of the none of the team is earning commission. Okay, gotcha. Um, everyone is hourly, and everyone receives bonuses based on fee. Okay. So the other thing we do is I've got you know name a a given week or a month we're doing i've got gift cards and we're you know hey for the next you know three hours anybody that gets a google review for us maybe or if you're able to close on a you know warm call or if you can add an assured motorist or we'll we try just any assortment we've got a, a wheel that we'll put out we'll put some prizes on it and we'll let customers spin it periodically to see if they win a hat or a t-shirt or a mug or something with red gorman on it for fun, but but as far as the, the commissions go, we don't share commissions with the team. That's just everything is fee based. Got you. And they're on a a tiered fee, so it starts at five percent and it goes all the way up to twenty percent of the twenty twenty percent, I believe, of the fee that they earn. That's that's kind of how it's driven. Hey hey Red, I I forgot to do this with our last guest that we had on the podcast, and that's my bad, and I apologize to Mark to our audience for not doing this. But one of the questions I've had a lot of feedback on from our listeners that the 250,000 insurance agency listeners that we have that listen to this show that they want to hear is how if Scott Howell opened your front door and walked into your agency, if I walked into your agency, what would I see? In terms of your staff, do you have cubicles and there's a receptionist up front and then there's cubicles or does everybody have their own office? And what does your staff profile look like? I would say if you're you're walking in our office, it's about 1,800 square feet, roughly. Mm -hmm. The perimeter, there's when you first walk in, there's, there's someone sitting in the front that is a customer service salesperson that sits, it's got like a U shaped desk. And of course, now it has you know, flexi panels all the way around it. But she's right there to, to welcome anyone that comes in the door. We've got a, a you know, a seating area in the front um, during our busier times. And of course, right now with COVID, it's a little bit different, but we may have as many as uh, 12 to 14 chairs up in front for people waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've kind of reduced that and spread it out a little bit now. But, but we've got a perimeter, it's just the outer area. There's three offices going back one side and then we've got a conference room and kitchen in the back. And then there's three offices coming back the other direction. And so everyone pretty much has an office. And then we have in the center of that, we've got two desk areas for overflow. So if we, if we need to, we can call somebody else in to help out or, mm. or whatever. But, but as far as that goes now, as far as the team goes, most of when you're pulling for non-standard, you're, you're not really looking for all state, agents or state farm people, you know, people that work in the standard world. I just don't think they have the, most of the time they don't have the temperament for this and they'll be irritated. (laughs) So, so we kind of pull from the non-standard agencies that are out there. We obviously put ads out, but kind of directing in that, in that area. But everyone here at this point, we've got a great team. Uh, Everyone here has been here at least a year and uh, of the folks that are here, I think we've got a, a seven-year person, five-year person, you know, four-year person. So we're very excited with the folks that we have now. We've got the best team, not the best team I've ever had because that would take away from other people that have been here that I still have spoken to and, and love and appreciate. But we have a great team. Do you guys do a lot of training for the new people you bring in or, or do you just kind of expect that and and we had this conversation with Laurel. I found this to be very interesting last week. She hires most of her staff, team members are not experienced at in insurance where I only hire people 
who have been in the industry for at least five years, at least on the personal line side. Everybody that she's had that has not worked out has been an insurance right. person. Perfect. Yeah, been been somewhere else. So do you guys, when you bring these people in, if they're an agent, you know, non-standard agent from another another place, are, are you doing a lot of training with them or is the expectation, hey, you've been doing this for four or five years, you've Here's our here's our systems. Here's here's our AGM system and our you know maybe our Raider or whatever you guys use. But beyond that, do you guys do any any other training, or you just expect them to get in there and go? So we've hired we've hired people with no experience. Uh, I've actually you know like gone through a fast food restaurant or something, and mm-hmm. I hear someone say you know I say hey I'll take a number one, and they say you want to uh, supersize that, and I'm like. I like that person. They yeah. did something above and beyond. Right, right, right. It's right, hard right. to get that sometimes, you know. So I'll talk to people at all kinds of places about, you know, where they're at and do they like doing what they do and would they be interested in, you know, insurance on any platform. But but most of who we hire are people that have one year of experience, could be three or four years of experience, five years of experience. Everyone that comes in is going to initially sit with, at least three people over the course of two to three weeks mm-hmm. before they're on their own. So I'm, I don't rely on one person to do that. I'll put them with this person and then say, I'll put them with Rosa and then I'll put them with Maria and then put them mm-hmm. with Angela and kind of get three different perspectives for them. Right. But then at the same time, that person is kind of working with each of them. They're letting them do some of the work so they can get a, I feel then I get feedback from people that are already here. Right. You know, how are they doing? So do uh, you have any dedicated account managers or is the expectation that each agent kind of handles their business from a account management standpoint? Yes. Everyone here is doing from start to finish. Got you. Basically. Gotcha. And everything, everything in between. And that's, I don't know about all agencies, but we have to be very, careful about spending money. Uh-huh. So, you know, keeping it lean is what we need to do. But I, I learned from my dad many years ago, he was very successful. And he always told me, he said, first of all, if you start your own business, and you're you're leaving a company, and if you have any kind of relationship, you, you don't need anybody but salespeople, every accounting and all that will figure it out. Right. So, <laughs> take salespeople, get the best salespeople. The other thing is, never allow yourself to not be able to take the money. So if someone wants to give you money, do not make them wait. You know, I hate when I go to Walmart or something and there's, you know, there's 40 uh, registers and three are open. Right. So do you not want my money? Or so our goal here is, is wait time. Keep that wait time as low as humanly possible. I would imagine making it easy to do business with you is very, very, very important in Mm. your sector of the business. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we, I, yeah, I would definitely say, um, and we do have, you know, we have some processes laid out on, you know, how we collect money and, you know, where it goes and what they do and their closeouts. And they need to learn all that. And then we're doing like role plays. We've started that here not too long ago, working on every week doing some role play. And we're going to be doing some more intense role play uh, next week because that's that's important to get everybody's feelings on, you know, how they can interact. We've started doing that every morning. My, my new guys, they for one hour every morning, they do a role play and they try to throw each other off and do different scenarios mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they really like it and it seems to be helping. Red, I'm going to taste, and that is a great idea, and that's something I need to do more of in our agency is role-playing. I know, was Billy Williams talked about role-play? Yeah, I think so. Sure. I've been he, big he, on it for a while. We it. just have never, you know, really done it. But yeah. the, the two guys I have doing it now, one is all service. The other mm-hmm. is sales and service. So so Leith is playing the customer to Kenneth uh-huh. as a sales guy. Kenneth is playing the customer to Leith as a service guy. Right. And so it's two different things and they have the opportunity. And so it, it kind of helps both of them being the customer and being the, yeah, the it, agent. And it's taking both of them out of their comfort zone. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, Hey, yeah. Red, I got a story for you. So the other day I was buying something. I don't remember what it was. And I was doing it over the phone. And I called this girl and it was a pretty big purchase. This four or $500 purchase or something. I can't remember what, who I was calling, but it was somebody local in Huntsville. And all them some bitches wanted to do, Bradley, was tell me all the ways I couldn't pay for what I was paying for. 
And I finally said, do you people want money? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll send it. PayPal. What's the other one that they do uh, that people will do besides PayPal? It's like uh, PayPal. Venmo. Venmo. I'll do it. Venmo, PayPal, Bitcoin. credit card, check, cash. You tell me. She wanted mm-hmm. to sit there and tell me for about 10 minutes all the ways I couldn't pay for what I wanted. Yeah. And finally, when Scott has enough, he hurts people's feelings. Mm-hmm. And I started hurting feelings, and that she did not like anything I was saying. But I was like, y'all, y'all got to make it easy for people to buy. I mean, my God. I mean, the only way I can get this is if I drive down there and bring you a certified mm-hmm. check or something. I mean, my God, people. I wish I could remember what it was I was trying to buy, Bradley. But it, whatever it was, I finally lost my shit after about I had five a, minutes. I had a situation yesterday. So I have my E&O insurance for my agency through a program. Mm-hmm. And it's through this program, but then it, the, there's a third party. It's Brown and Brown. So if I need something, I don't go to the program. I go to Brown and Brown. And I'm talking. So, so I get a letter in the mail yesterday that my E&O is being non-renewed in July. And I'm like, we've never had a claim. Like we're, it's like we're like the perfect customer for this program or Brown and Brown in this scenario. And and anytime I have to deal with anybody in customer service, I'm constantly in a state of recruiting, especially right now. And so I'm always thinking, like, man, could I hire this person? Yeah. You know, that, that sort of thing. And especially when I'm talking to another insurance agency. And so I, was, I, I had called, it said, call this number. And of course, the person I was talking to had no idea that a letter was even sent, all, you know, all that, all that stuff. So I'm talking to her and I'm thinking, man, this is not somebody I'd want to hire. And so we get down and I was like, okay, well, she finally figures out why it's being not renewed. She's like, the program that you're through discontinued their relationship with us. And I was like, okay, well, like if she would have said, hey, I can offer you this product, right? I'd have probably bought it. Probably not. But I would have at least considered it. And she's she, and she doesn't know I'm an insurance agency because my LLC is just Portal LLC. Right. And she says, if you just go online and Google E&O insurance, just pick the first one that comes up. And there I'm just go. like... Dear Lord, sweet baby Jesus, if Brown and Brown knew what uh-huh. this person was telling me, to, you know, so I ended up going back to the program and they said, oh yeah, now we have this agreement over here and it's actually a better product, da, 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 whatever. But anyway, just stuff like that just baffles me. Like, like you have a, a hot prospect with their credit card in their hand, ready to go in front of you and you're going to send them to Google? <laughs> if you will just Google E&O insurance, you can find, I'm like, oh my God, like. That's the kind of person that gets fired working for me in like eight minutes. Hey, (laughs) if it it helps your feelings any, Bradley, I'm about 99% sure that it was the president of Brown and Brown that I pissed off in that Sprinter van 10 minutes after I got off the plane in Vienna on that trip I went on. Oh, I forgot about that. And he was with his wife and I got on the van and I pissed him off in like, it was less than seven minutes I pissed him off. We were sitting across from each other and I couldn't get away from him, but. He told me he was with Brown and Brown, and uh, I think it was Brown and Brown. And uh, it was. I, I remember you telling me. And that I said, well, "I guess we don't have anything to talk about, do we?" So, <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? I said, "Well, I'm just a little old bitty boutique agency in Huntsville, Alabama, man. I, I don't, you know. I mean, I know who Brown and Brown is, and I know what type of premium levels they have, and all that. But he did say something to me that was very poignant, though. He said, "Well, you must have done something right because you're here." And I was like, "Well, touche." They were really nice people. I shouldn't have been such an asshole, but I don't know. I guess I was just tired from being on a plane for. Dude, international hours. travel brings out the worst in people, man. It you, it's not. It's, there's no way. I mean, I think you could even go like private jet and still be in a bad mood when you get to where you're going. This added insult to injury. So it's just the four of us. He and his wife, and myself and my wife, in a Mercedes Sprinter van. Really nice van. But I was having to sit backwards, mm-hmm. and I get seasick in a swivel chair recliner. If I, if I mean, I, I will get car sick. And so you're not a cruise guy. I, I cannot sit. There are a lot of times I get in an Uber and I ask the guy, "Hey man, can I sit in the front seat?" Because I get mm-hmm. sick bad. And so I'm, I'm in the back of that Sprinter van with a dude driving about 85 miles an hour through Vienna, and I'm about ready to throw up on this guy anyway. So anyway, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent. Red, thank you so much for being here today. Leave our agents with one piece of solid gold from Red on your solid gold. Solid gold, baby. You you've gotten in the industry. Doesn't matter what you know where you are in terms of what you sell. 
What's Red's solid gold piece of advice on how to succeed long-term in the insurance business? Don't be in a bubble. Uh, I was in a bubble for a long time, really focused on the agency. Just, I mean, it was all about how could I, you know, pay for my house payment or whatever. It was very focused on it. And, And what I realized, and it took me a long time, but what I realized was if I wasn't sharing, right. I wasn't learning. Damn, that's good. Really? That's good. I like so that. I like put that your, you know, put it out there. Share with people. Share share anything you got. Maybe they, they throw 99% of it away. But believe me, you always get more back. Well, if you're willing to share, then people are going to be willing to share with you. Yeah. Well, that was the onus, that was the onus behind this podcast, right? Yeah. That was the onus... Yes, sometimes. Mm -hmm. That was the onus behind this podcast is Mm -hmm. when I got in the industry in 2008, I I would say most agents out there are in their little bubble. Mm -hmm. They don't talk to other people. Mm -hmm. So you never get that unintended consequence of building relationships in the industry with other amazing agents. Now, granted, you want to pick people who have been successful. You don't want to, but you know. You know how many. You know how many listeners we get a month in Alabama that are definitely insurance agents? Probably. A lot. Do we really? A lot. Okay. I would have said Alabama would be our least. Alabama's on up there, but we get a lot. You know how much insurance both of us write in Alabama every month? A lot. A lot. Yeah. So it's be be willing to share, be willing to help people. Even if that person you share with doesn't reciprocate, it's all going to come back around. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it and I would say the whole thing with, I mean, insurance agents now being on social media and, you know, of course, Facebook and all that stuff. It's awesome. That didn't exist 10 years ago or right. whatever. So I know for me being in that bubble and, uh, and really the opening for the bubble to me was the PIA because it put me at tables with other guys doing right. the same thing. But that was just, for me, that was the start of it. And what I realized from it was, you know, I'm not alone. I'm not, I will tell you this. If you've ever been to either a group therapy for something, you will find, and, and it's maybe it's unfortunate, but you'll walk in sad about your existence and whatever you're dealing with. You walk out feeling like, wow, there's somebody worse than me. <laughs> yeah. So, well, it's like, it's like when I used to play golf and you're teeing off on the first hole, it doesn't matter how good or bad you are or how big or small the tournament you're playing. When you tee off on the first hole, you are nervous every single time because the first hole and that first tee shot sets the tone for the rest of the round. And I always like to go second because, and and this is bad, this is not actually what they would call very good golf etiquette, but you kind of hope that first person doesn't hit a great shot because if they screw up, then you're like, well, dang, I never, you know, I'm not going to do do any worse than that, that, you know, so. But, yeah, I mean, we had an agent here locally that's a captive agent in my office two days ago. And I literally laid out my exact pitch to him of how I get mortgage lenders to refer to me. It was the exact pitch, exactly how I say it every single time. And that's not to pat myself on the back. but I And then I told him, I was like, look, the reason I'm okay with giving you that is, one. You're not going to do it. (laughs) Most people aren't going to take action. And, two, it makes me feel really, really good not having to hide something from you. Yeah. And if you do take it and you are successful, guess what? You might get one or two deals from me a year, but if there's anything that that I can prove from my relationship with my wife, it's that there's enough business to go around. My wife also runs an insurance agency that's separate from mine. She's captive, and they're about uh, thirty feet from each other. Well, used, used to be, <laughs> yeah. used well, to be. not not that um, close, but so not far. There's enough business to go around. There's no need to not help people just for the sake of not helping people, right? And, and and going back to your point about agents agents not doing what you tell them to do, I, we I, okay the guy that wrote the wedge, which a lot of insurance agents have read the wedge. It's a it's more business insurance Randy oriented. Schwantz. Yeah, and Warren Barhost came on our podcast about four weeks ago down there in Texas. Both and he wrote Game Plan, which is a fabulous insurance book for agents just getting in the industry. Uh, wrote it a long time ago, really. I think it was back in like 19, I can't remember the year it came out, but it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And they both said the exact same thing. Hell, people were asking them, why are you giving away all these secrets? And they said, because nobody will do it. I don't have to worry about it. Nobody, you know, there won't be 1% of the people that read this that actually do anything about it. 
So, you know, again, my end of every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Red, we love you. If you ever need us, please reach out to us. But I'm going to shut this thing down. Guys, go out today and make money for your family. Go out and make money for your wife, for your kids, for your husband, for your parents that are struggling out there. And let me tell you something we just did for you today. I know that the majority of you listening to this are probably not into non-standard auto. I get that. But you just heard a guy who has been extremely successful in non-standard auto explain to you how he did it, how his office is set up, the fees they charge, all of those types of things. And I guarantee you, most of you, especially personal lines guys and girls that are out there, do write probably more non-standard auto than you realize in a lot of cases. Yeah. And maybe this helps you and triggers your mind about, hey, maybe we need to start if your insurance department in your state allows fees, maybe we do need to start charging fees. Maybe we're as you're talking red today, I'm sitting here thinking, we probably ride in my agency five to ten non standard auto policies a month. You know how many fees we're charging for it? Zero point zero. So I if for no other reason, guys, if none of y'all want to listen, I listen. So I'm going to call Justin Miller when we get off this, this podcast. I'm going to tell him to go to check with the Department of Insurance, and we're going to start charging agency fees for non-standard auto because that's, that's a revenue stream that my agency is missing out on. And some of you, I hope, will go do the same thing because you're probably doing exactly what I'm doing. But go make money for your family today. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Red. Red, we love you, brother. Hey, hang in there. Call us if you need anything, and we'll do the same. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on, and uh, look forward to uh, watching the podcast in the future. And on a very last note, take the time to find a book that might invigorate everybody, get everybody excited, read it with your team. Have everybody read a book together. That's what we're doing. We've got we're going chapters by chapters, just getting something exciting going on about self-improvement. Doesn't have to be insurance. We're doing that as a team. And then, uh, oh, and last week we did a, a vision board. So do a vision board. Have everybody do one of those. It's fun. Next podcast, I am going to recommend a book that I want every agent listening to this to go out and get and read and it does not have anything to do with insurance you got to subscribe though (laughs) yeah hey yeah guys i never say this subscribe and like the podcast please leave a review but we love each one of y'all thank you so much for listening we would not do this without all of you you're part of our family and we love you and we hope you'll join us again real soon on the insurance guys podcast take care Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.